When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Hashtag dad advice from Jim Peterson, my dad, who said, cheer as loud as you want for your own team. Don't ever boo the other team. Don't ever boo the other team. And to boo your own team? Unthinkable. And the world of James William Peterson. So, A, I would never do it. B, with the cost of those things? Are you kidding me? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the RP Show. Welcome inside uh, Daytime Sports Talk, coming to you from South Florida and uh, the bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Holy smokes, it's a brand new day. I feel 10 pounds lighter because I got my hair cut today, Moose, and there's a story behind that. Can we get the Moose on my screen? He is in what I'm told... The deep freeze, the great white north. How you doing, Darren? Good to see you. I'm I'm cold, but uh, happy birthday, Rod. Um, I know everybody uh, wants to wish you a happy birthday all across the continent and around the world. So happy birthday. I know uh, Florida is a great place to be celebrating it. I hope you get some Golden Corral mm. or, you know, have your Dunkin' Donuts coffee this morning. But uh, happy birthday. Not a bad idea. I got uh, I got Starbucks going here today. I really okay. do miss the Caliber Coffee, which which you're rocking at home, and I'm uh, I'm very much envious of that. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a good day. The reason I had a weird look on my face when we came in is I'm got two headphones going here, and boom, it just like blew my head when I when I plugged these things in here today. <laughs> so bear with me. That's the biggest problem of my day today. And other than to say this. I've been down here long enough that I needed to get a haircut, obviously, Darren. I'm not like these heathens like yourself 
that go months on end without haircuts. So uh, I stopped in. Just There was a lady getting out of her car, a nice, well, Latino-looking lady. I would later go on to find that she was from Brazil. And she pulled me into her studio, and she got cutting my hair. You now see her on Instagram. Um, she said, uh, "Who did, did you trim this? Who did this? This is too high. I said, I did that. And she goes, this is not my work. She says, you're mine now. And I'm like, okay. So you notice the quaff, right? And the style. It looks, you can looks go, good. Uh, I like it. How about that? Yeah, you, you can go find her on Instagram. She's got only 55,000 Instagram followers. And I can't remember the name of it already. I think it was hair extension. Mega hair extension. Go, go follow her. Awesome. Can't remember her name even. Mega hair extension. But she's like, you're mine now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> works for me. And here we go. All right. Bob's your uncle. Can we, uh, I, we got Jason Greger coming up from TSN 1260 Edmonton. And now would be a good time to probably get into the poll question. This was producer Clark's idea. And I like it for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. What are the Edmonton Oilers' biggest problem? Uh, the losers of six in a row. The options are secondary scoring, blue line play, goaltending or other and when i was tweeting it i thought can we say all of the above but clark was like no let's leave it other because there are other options it could be coaching but it's not coaching but anyways uh, the edmonton orders are home to columbus tonight we'll get to the bottom of the oil with jason gregor in hour one and then ryan leslie joins us from sportsnet flames to talk about uh, the covid capital that is Calgary, Alberta, at least as far as it pertains to their NHL team. So those are the guests. Can you please hit the quick six show horn, please, director? What I tell you, <laughs> it's loud. Might have to drop one of these things. Okay, number one, Urban Meyer's tumultuous NFL tenure ended after just 13 games and two wins when the Jacksonville Jaguars fired him. First thing this morning, because of an accumulation of missteps, owner Shad Khan made the move hours after former Jaguars player Josh Lambeau told a Florida newspaper that Meyer kicked him during a practice in August. It was the latest black eye, adding to an already lengthy list of embarrassments for the three-time national championship winning college coach who failed miserably to make the transition to the NFL. Meyer joins former Falcons coach Bobby Petrino as college coaches whose NFL careers flamed out in stunningly swift fashion. Petrino resigned in December 07 to take over at Arkansas. They were 3-10 and 10 at the time with the Falcons. On that list, though, is Lou Holtz, I might add, in the 1970s. Same thing happened to the legendary Lou Holtz. But listen, this show is all about honesty, transparency. So let's be honest with you, I've been ensconced in the forest that is the Canadian Football League for much of the last 20 years, right? So that's the forest I've been in. And when I'm not in that, it was junior hockey and a little bit NHL. I wasn't really following Urban Meyer, what he was doing at Florida and OSU for the most part until the last couple of years, until I got out of the CFL vacuum. And since I've been down here, which has been now a significant amount of time, they just hate Urban Meyer. They can't stand Urban Meyer, maybe just in this state of Florida or maybe all of America. Like this morning, you were watching ESPN's Get Up. They were eviscerating Urban Meyer for personal decisions and some professional decisions made, Darren, just this year. Just with the Jacksonville Jaguars, never mind what he did in the college ranks for 20 plus years. So I shot a text to one of my football guys. He's up in central Florida. 
I said, why do you all hate Urban Meyer? Can you tell me? Because I just, I, he seems likable to me. He's won three national championships. He's good friends with Tim Tebow. That's good enough for me. And he wrote me back and said, he's simply an old school coach. And these new young players can't handle an old school coach. And I'll take his word for it. I'm not going to out who that football guy was that told me that. But I think there's more to it. This is kind of a Chris Jones type thing in the Canadian Football League where so many CFL fans don't like Chris Jones either. It's not just not just because he wins and they're jealous. No, in the case not. of Urban Meyer, it's not. Yeah, for the case of Urban Meyer, for those that don't know, he was he didn't fly home with his team from a game in Ohio. He stayed at, in Columbus, went to his or a regular restaurant bar, got caught in a photo with a woman that wasn't his wife, patting her backside, probably a no-no right there, hired a strength coach in his first hire this year that was that had a checkered pass with players, signed Tim Tebow, his buddy, which upset a lot of people in Jacksonville. And to be honest, Darren, he, he's not the first coach that would bring his buddies along when he got a new job. But when it's your first NFL assignment, you might want to tone it down a little bit. But, it, but I think if I, if I knew Urban Meyer, I think I'd like him. Because you know what he did when he got his first NFL job? He did a cannonball into the deep end. He didn't just tiptoe in in the shallow end, right? And, but he didn't win. So with all that off-field stuff, if that had been cleaned up, do you think he's not fired today despite the fact the Jaguars are 2-11? and 11? Absolutely. Absolutely. He has his job if it wasn't for the off-field stuff. It was, uh, it was a spit show, you know, in Jacksonville. And it became too much of a distraction. It wasn't nothing to do with the team being bad. It had everything to do with, well, what was he doing? You know, what, was, what culture was he setting? And that's what traditionally winning programs do. They set really good culture, right? This wasn't a winning culture being developed in Jacksonville. I think you could stomach the bad season if you had some good culture being developed and some hope for the future. But there was no signs that this team was on the right path, that they were yep. moving forward. I mean, when Urban Meyer was hired, remember, that's the division that my Titans are in, right? So I was a little bit worried. I'm like, oh, they're going to be good now. The Colts are always good. The Texans, if Deshaun Watson was actually on the team, I was in trouble. But the difference, the biggest difference for me with Urban Meyer in college versus the pros, kicking kickers and doing those things, is it's a four-year cycle. So if you have a bad year and the leadership of one of those groups doesn't like you, they're gone in four years or less. And you can get a whole new group of, prospects and that are on your page in the NFL. It's a lot different. You don't recruit anybody and they're there for three, four, five, six, eight, ten 10 years. So a uh, completely different ball game and he hasn't adjusted. Well, and that's to our viewers and I have not called up the YouTube comments yet and I will. And the 902 text line is open for business too, but we can relate it to well, to hockey, if we want, we can relate it to CFL football, Canadian University football. Who's a guy that was really good at the one level, like really good, but then just couldn't translate it at the next level? Because most guys get to the next level that way. Not everybody. Not everybody does. But it's just Urban Meyer now goes on the board. Nick Saban, I'm sorry to say, is on that board of guys that have had tremendous college football success but could not translate it to the National Football League. And we spent enough time on this as it is for point one, other than to say <laughs> two things. One, he's got a five-year contract with Jacksonville, so they're trying to find a way, I'm, that's what I'm hearing, to say that they, they're firing him with cause so they can get out of paying him the last four years of his contract. We'll see how that plays out. And the other, we've heard it a lot, is 
treating pros like boys. You came from college where you were coaching boys, or let's say junior hockey, and then you go to the NHL or NFL and you want to treat the, these players the same way. You can't do that. So who are some of the guys that just couldn't translate it from one level to the next? I'd like to have that discussion. That would be a fun one today. Hey, podcast listeners, sorry to interrupt your podcast. It's Moose here wanting to tell you about another podcast, the Knuckleheads podcast. Our friends over there, they bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's called the Knuckleheads podcast. It's their seventh season doing the podcast, and already this season, they've had Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan, the former Toronto Raptor. Yes, NBA veterans, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. So listen in to the Knuckleheads podcast as they invite on special guests, high-profiled athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to unstold, untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. It is the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on to point two, yeah. Caleb Jones scored his first goal of the season, 121 into overtime, and the Chicago Blackhawks beat Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals 5-4. Wednesday night, Ovi scored his 274th career power play goal in the second period, matching Dave and Richuk's NHL record, but Chicago responded with three goals in 34 seconds for the win. Uh, in Glendale, Arizona, Capo Caco had two goals, including the game winner with 2.18 to go. And the New York Rangers scored twice on the power play in the final six minutes to beat Arizona 3-2. The Coyotes have lost six in a row. And how about those Ducks? Quack, quack. Troy Terry got his 18th goal. And Derek Grant scored shorthanded as Anaheim beat Seattle 4-1. They've won four of their last five. Trevor Zegras and Sam Carrick also scored for the Pacific Division leading Ducks, <laughs> who spoiled the expansion Seattle's first appearance in Southern California with a one-sided win. So I think it was about a month ago that I said, do you think these Anaheim Ducks are for real or are they over their skis as a bunch of young kids? Because they're very young. And I think at that time you felt that they were, uh, that they were for real. And here we are a month later, and they're leading the Pacific Division. So I hope it continues because I had them finishing third in the Pacific, and they were ready to commit me. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to be like I am, out on that limb, so far ahead of the pack that they think you're behind. It's a lot to live right. with, man. But you'd think I'm getting used to it. 11-11 well, where you are. Yeah. Coming back. Coming back to, yeah. uh, you know, um, lap the pack, right? Um, but that's, that's it. So it's, Anaheim's fun to watch. And you mentioned U.S. Thanksgiving being the key date, right? Well, they passed that. We've passed U.S. Thanksgiving. We're, we're rolling and, and the Ducks aren't going away. So there's still lots of time left. They still got to keep their foot on the gas. And then last night in Arizona, it was fun to see old Phil the Thrill, you know, mixing it up outside the crease a little bit, getting tough. They said he would, you know, he knows how to throw him. Well, that wasn't exactly your typical drop the gloves, heavyweight tilt, but he did win whatever you're going to call that. That's the one thing. Um, the LA Kings are here tonight in sunrise, and I may go early and chat with some of the hockey guys there because I want to know at what point, although I don't need to, I can form my own opinions on this. Yeah. 
because the RP show is now officially based in an NHL market and it happens to be South Florida. I don't need their approval, but I can say this. At what point do the Arizona Coyotes become a problem in that there it's the place that careers go to die? Be honest. How many people even knew that Phil Kessel was still playing in Arizona until you saw it on the highlights last night? Come on. I know, and he's such it's, a good player. No, he is. Like he's a good player. He's he's one of the elite players in the NHL. Now, maybe not today. You know, there's a lot of players that have surpassed him, but he has been. He's had a great career. He's one of the great shooters. Um, but you're right. You go there and it's like, who? Like, could you tell me who's on their first line? Second line? No. Like, of course not. Of course, of course not. Like, it's tough. And that market needs to get a little bit of buzz going, but they just can't. And now the Suns are good and they're just and the and the Cardinals are really good. They're lost in the market. Lost in the market. They've always been lost in the market, Darren. Don't get me going. Um, but as one NHL general manager told me, they're not doing anything different in the NHL that they're doing in Major Junior. It's just to scale. And I think that's the same in every facet of sports. So this is what I think. That owner in Arizona ha- of the Coyotes has more money than God. As my mom would say, God bless her, more money than brain. Her phrase. And Commissioner Gary Bettman is like every other commissioner. You got enough money? Can you pay your bills? Do you have more money than God? We're good. <laughs> I actually believe that is the thing. I really do. In every league, as long as you got enough money, run your team however you want. And I'm going to move on. We can come back on that. Point three, World Juniors. I just want to say this. On December the 24th, Christmas Eve, we will be airing on Game Plus Television and YouTube Live, our annual World Juniors preview. Very Canadian-centered, although we will have reps from Team USA to talk about the tournament coming up in Red Deer and Edmonton. But you were part of the chat yesterday with Alan Miller, the general manager of Team Canada. His, his actual title is Director of Player Personnel. And I, and I just want to mention that, that you know, not every sports talk show gets to have a one-on-one with a guy like Al Miller with Team Canada. And I think people want to be tuning in for that on Christmas Eve here on Game Plus TV and the RP show. But Darren, in case you forgot, Al Miller said, this team has a little more fire in it, a little more scrappiness than last year's team at Edmonton, which I think is saying a lot because they didn't trail all tournament last year. Remember, we were saying this might be the greatest team Canada of all time. They were kicking the crap out of everybody. They never trailed. And then they get into the World Junior game or the gold medal game, and they lose 2 nothing, and they never trailed, and they panicked, and they lost. But how do you feel with that from Al Miller? We'll be watching. We always do, but extra as much so because Connor Bedard's on the team. But there's some more fire in this year's team. What that makes me feel that? good. That makes me feel really good. Because, I mean, for me, the best moments growing up watching Team Canada, you fell in love because they had fire. They had a little scrappiness. They had some high-end players, no doubt. Always do great goaltending, but they always had an energy line that you fell in love with, or a bottom yeah. six that you just loved how scrappy they were. And I think of guys like Stevie, uh, was it Steve Downey or Jordan Tutu, or you know, guys like that who would run guys through the wall who just you know had that maple leaf on the front and they were your energy guys. And the team just followed those guys who just went. Um, Scotty Upshaw was another guy that did that, that kind of played that role for Team Canada, guys I remember growing up. So I hope there's a little bit of that. I hope there's a little bit of fire. We don't need to see big hits and running through guys through the wall and 
the game has evolved. I get that. But it makes me feel good that they're a little bit scrappy. I like that. Ch chipping in uh, some comments from the viewers. Cameron Young watching on YouTube says it's called having more WHL players. Yeah, <laughs> it is. How about from that? Andrew on YouTube. Andrew on YouTube says Arizona's team isn't going anywhere. Austin Matthews signing with them after this current contract expires. I didn't say I didn't say they were going anywhere. Wiki wiki. I said the NHL owners don't care if they're a grease fire as long as they pay their bills and have enough money. That's what I said. Never said they were leaving. Please pay attention. Free Oleg watching in Winnipeg says, I'm writing a letter to Justin Trudeau to support my cause. I want the Americans to give Rod back. Uh, well, first of <laughs> all, Rod would have to want to come back. Uh, from Ryan in Saratoga, New York says, and then Canada got skunked by the U.S. and Spencer Knight in the gold medal game. Are we starting this, huh? Canada, U.S. now? It's a little early, but we can. When we come back, we will talk about the Thursday night NFL game. Steven Stamko says he wants to go to the Olympics. We got some CFL stuff to get to. 50% capacity of stadiums and arenas in Ontario. How about that? We're halfway through the quick six. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody, on this uh, Thursday. We're covering a lot of ground, but not particularly fast, and that's fine. Settle on in, fill up your coffee. It is a daytime sports talk originating from beautiful South Florida and the bunker up in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Just to slide in a couple uh, comments here, Moose, if we can bring him in. Randy in the peg writes in and says, Good morning, Rod and Moose. Hope the Panthers bring you a birthday win, Rod. Wouldn't that be nice? The LA Kings in town great. here uh, tonight. Uh, I listen. You and I will have to agree to disagree. I think they get through the year with Andrew Burnett behind the co behind the bench, and then they look for the uh, see if they take the interim tag. Let's see how he does. We talked yeah. about this yesterday. You say no, replace Joel Quenville with what a bigger name? Is that what you were saying yesterday? Replace Burnett, yeah, or with better. a Tortorella or somebody, yeah. Okay. Somebody, yeah, a guy who no. can short-term make sure this team reaches its potential. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I've been watching every single game they play. They're pretty much near the top of their potential. So, uh, anyways, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And they've been through enough having to say goodbye to Joel Quenville. But, anyways, it's the Panthers and the LA Kings tonight. DG watching in the bridge. City says, morning, guys. Happy Bowl Games Eve. Looking forward to the college bowl games kicking off tomorrow with the Bahamas Bowl. Seeing where that first game is being played, it made me wonder, with more teams coming into the FBS level in years ahead and more bowl games too, will we ever see a bowl game return to Canada? Toronto had their chance and blew it. Why not a game at BC Place in Vancouver? Make it two Western-based teams. I'd go. Food for thought there from DG in the Bridge City. Um, yeah, the International Bowl. I don't know why they stopped going to Toronto. 
wasn't up. It was up until not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Buffalo was in it in like every year. Yeah, I don't know why they stopped doing that. And d- did you? I forwarded you that email from NFL Canada. Did you see where the Vikings and the Seahawks have been awarded territorial rights to come into Canada and market their teams at the grassroots level all across this country? Like I just sent it to you as a what? I know, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's that just I I've, I've said and. <laughs> People will start figuring this out to pay attention a little bit, right? There's no borders. Canada, U.S., that border is very thin now. It is shrinking. It is becoming less of a thing. You know, even going across it is easy. Traveling across Canada to the U.S. is easy. I said, it is just as easy, just as easy, just as cheap. For me to go and spend a weekend in Vegas, go to a football game, stay in a hotel and fly there than it is for me to go to Winnipeg or Vancouver. I mean, that's North America now. Oh. It's not just Canada and the U.S. It's North America. Jamie Anstey is watching in Nova Scotia on Game Plus. Eddie texts the 902 line. Happy birthday, Rod. Life now with everyone living with a pandemic life wouldn't be much fun without your show and your recovery hour. A solid dude through and through, says Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. He says, let's see you on TikTok so we can all receive more rod in our life. Have a great day, buddy. Go Gators. Uh, I'm not going to be on TikTok. I'm not a teenage girl. Hey, no offense to you guys that are, because I know Clark's very big on TikTok. (laughs) I I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I have a TikTok account. I surfed it a little bit and said, uh, yeah, not for me. It's not for me. Anyways, moving on. Oh, no. No. From uh, back on point. If we are on point. The announcement made by the Ontario government yesterday. And I listen, when Doug Ford appears on your screen and you're watching TSN Sports Center, it's never a good thing. That's one thing I've deduced in the last 21 months of the pandemic. When I see Doug Ford, it ain't good. And I'm a Doug Ford fan. But did you see the clip of him? Standing at a podium, the premier of the province of Ontario imploring people why this was important to cap capacity at Raptors, Maple Leafs, Senators games at 50%. And in a, like, uh, none of the, we did a little bit on this yesterday. None of it makes sense to me. You see that the NFL wants to ramp up COVID protocols. The NHL is ramping up COVID protocols. 10 days ago, we had the commissioner of the CFL say, hey, we're 20 months into this thing. We can, we can ease up now. That's what our medical people have said. So McLeod Bethel Thompson, play ball, which we incidentally told you would happen. Quit an about face deuce, uh, dupes in 10 days to go from, we're loosening the COVID protocols because it's been this amount of time to this. I know. I know. But you have to be able to understand that we live in a different world than we did 10 days ago, you know, uh, with all these different um, cases popping up. I mean, look, I mentioned yesterday, this tells you though, the vaccines are working. We knew that they weren't gonna protect you from being catching it completely, but we're not hearing the same stories of people being sick, these athletes being sick and, you know, um, life-threatening. I mean, yes, that's still happening, not taking that lightly, but it's not quite the same. The vaccines are doing their job, but 
Yeah, with the variant stuff, where does it end? That's what it makes you start to think. You had the Delta variant, now they have the Omicron variant. You know, where does it end? Does it end? Where does this go? How do we get rid of it? Um, that's the frustrating part because it's like, I thought we were back. I thought we were so close. I thought we were like going to be able to take our masks off in public and we're not there yet. So yeah. um, that's the biggest thing. That's the hurdle for sure. Here in Florida, we can. How about that? And uh, I know for that? a fact that I'll be going, I'll be going to the Orange Bowl at minimum $500 a ticket. The Capital One Orange Bowl. Gotta go. Boca Raton Bowl is here Saturday. 85,000 will be there. Uh, 85,000 will be at the Orange Bowl. Unbelievable. Um, football guy, U.S. college coach DMing me on Twitter just saying that he knew that the Urban Meyer way would not fly in the NFL. And, you know, one of our viewers, Daryl in Toronto, DM me and said that you want to talk about a Canadian university coach that couldn't succeed at the pro level? Western's Greg Marshall. You probably remember that. Played in the yeah. CFL, great success at university, and did not translate with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Goes back to university, has huge success. So, look, coaching is coaching. If we... Go ahead. You know, coaching isn't coaching. It's not the same at every level. It doesn't just translate. There's a difference, different people, different culture. At some levels, you're teaching. Other levels, you're doing less teaching and you're doing more managing, you know, people and doing more culture management and game plan management. You know, you look at college football players, they're not getting paid. So they're hanging on you because you are their next opportunity. If they play well under you, then they get to go to the next level and make millions of dollars. In the NFL, they're already making millions of dollars. And they're also grown men who can say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm getting paid. I know I'm good. I've got an agent now. I've got all these things. That's a completely different ballgame. I would far rather talk about this than COVID and 50% caps. So I'm going to stay on this for a minute or two. Because coaching is coaching, but coaching isn't coaching. Like John Paddock. I'm going to have to relate most things to hockey because that's what's in my DNA. That's what I understand the most. When he came from the NHL and the AHL, having had coached the Winnipeg Jets and the Ottawa Senators to the Pats, my team, just as a fan, I wasn't working with the Pats at the time in 2015. I'm like, oh, wait, what? he's 62. He hasn't been around junior hockey since 1978. What does this guy know about junior hockey? Come on. I was, to be honest, a little upset. Players have changed since then. And what did he do? Uh, promptly took him to the league final for the first time since 1984. <laughs> and to the Memorial Cup final for the first time since 1974. And then I had the opportunity. And I hadn't met John Paddock before, but then I've got to know him through our dealings with God's team and kind of sat him down. And he said, hockey's hockey. So Understood. it's yeah. obviously there and different based on the individual, I guess is what I'm saying. It is. It completely is different. And, and you got to look at the individual. Can he adjust and understand people a little bit and understand that, look at a junior hockey player has different things going on in his life than an NHL hockey player who might have a family, who might have kids. Junior hockey player might have school, you know, but may have more time, less time. Who knows, right? And communicating to them, understanding 
the language that they speak. So it just tells you that a guy like John Paddock just makes him more impressive that he can go from talking to men to talking, you know, junior players in the 70s to now talking to a different group, a generation of junior players, you know, in the 2020s and still have success. That's that's phenomenal. Robin watching in the gateway to the north says on a local level, Dean Brockman, huge success at the SJHL level. Two natty, two natties with the Humboldt Broncos. Says wasn't able to translate that to the WHL. Chris Bird watching in King City, Ontario says Bert Templeton and Brian Kilray were icons in the OHL. Same with Stan Butler. These guys are junior hockey specialists. Stacy Champagne watching from Access World Headquarters says Pete Carroll seems to be the exception to the rule. Right? USC, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so it's it depends on the person. Wonderful discussion. Hey, my last two points were uh, Stamkos wants to go to the Olympics. I know we don't have a lot of time to get into that. Did that, that surprised me when I saw it on Sports Center. Did it surprise you? A little bit, but Stamkos is a guy who just wants to play, just wants to be there. I mean, he played that one shift in the Stanley Cup final, scored a goal, and then sat on the bench the rest of the game um, in the playoffs. I mean, that stuff is cool the first year. Um, he's a guy who just wants to play. And he's like, look at these COVID restrictions you're hearing about, you're only hearing about the worst case scenario. Probably not going to be that bad. We're going to be fine, willing to do it. So that was, I like hearing that. Look at when we have COVID, I, I was we surprised. have to wear masks. We have to, we have to get our vaccines. We just look at it as being like, okay, I'll do what I have to do to be able to do the things that I want to do. Last point of the Quick Six Show topics is Thursday night football. The first two meetings between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert have come down to the final minute. And with playoff positioning up for grabs, the same thing's expected tonight when the Kansas City Chiefs visit the Los Angeles Chargers. The two-time defending AFC champion Chiefs, who are 9-4, and four, have won six straight since a 3-4 and four start to vault back into the division lead. One of those losses, though, was to the Chargers back on September 26th when Herbert threw a four-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams with 32 seconds to go as L.A. rallied for a 30-24 win. Chargers 8-5. and five. They come in with wins in two straight games for the first time since October and can move into first place in the AFC West with a victory by virtue of sweeping the season series. Thursday night football tonight, Chiefs in charge. Moose, we'll see you back in hour two. What's, what do you say? You betcha. Enjoy. We're going to talk some Oilers next with Jason Greger from TSN 1260. You are watching the RMP show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP show continues just ahead of Jason Gregor joining us from Edmonton, TSN 1260. I will say this. I have fallen in with a tremendous group of football guys uh, here in South Florida. And one of them has sent me a list here on the firing of Urban Meyer. Because everybody's been asking, what's the buzz? What's the talk? And I said to this guy this morning, why does everybody hate Urban Meyer so much? And this particular friend of mine down here in Florida does not hate Urban Meyer. Just said he's an old school coach and the new school players don't like that. Here's a list 
of first-time NFL head coaches who have come from college after major success. Uh, Urban Meyer, the latest, firing 2-11, and going from OSU to the Jaguars. Matt Rule, from the Baylor Bears to the Carolina Panthers, he's 10-19 and and still there. Cliff Kingsbury, from Texas Tech to the Arizona Cardinals, he's all-time 23-20-1 and and has the number one team in the NFL right now by a lot of power rankings. Bill O'Brien. Do we want to talk about Bill O'Brien? From Penn State to the Texans, 52 and 48. Chip Kelly from Oregon to the Eagles, 26 and 21. There's long list here. Doug Marone, Greg Schiano, Jim Harbaugh, Bobby Petrino. So all with middling success. And I appreciate him for sending me that info on the firing of Urban Meyer today. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are home tonight to the Columbus Blue Jackets looking to snap a six-game slide as we welcome in Jason Greger from TSN 1260 Edmonton. Hey, Greger, good to see you, my man. Uh, our poll question today, by the way, is what's the order's biggest problem? Secondary scoring, goaltending, blue line play, or other? You're the man, man. Everybody's excited to know what you think about the answer to that and what's wrong with the Edmonton Oilers right now. Heck, can you put all of the above? Is that is that a response? Um, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> when, you, when you've lost six in a row, there's not much going. Their power play is struggling right now. Uh, the funny thing is their last four games, they've actually for long stretches played pretty well against some good teams. They can't score and well, they can't get the first goal and they're not good enough to play from behind, it seems this year anyway. And then they, they'll play long stretches and then they just give up a really good chance and boom, it's in their back of their neck. And that's, that's kind of plagued them. But the big thing, Rod, is... And I think it's probably not talked about enough. So last year when Mike Smith returned from February 8th till the end of the season, the orders were fifth in goals against in the entire National Hockey League. He started 30 of 43 games. Koskinen started 13. And Mike Smith has, has started three games. He's finished two this season. Now, they did win all three games. They miss Mike Smith. There's no question about it. His puck handling abilities, I think they miss his emotion. But more so than anything, they miss his ability to make saves. He, he was very good last year, and he was very good until he uh, got injured this season. Um, you know, People, I think, focus on his age like, well, that guaranteed he'd get hurt. Look at Tom Brady. Look at There's lots of other athletes that are playing into their 40s and playing very well. It's unfortunate that Smith got hurt. He's getting close to coming back. But I think when he returns, that'll be a huge boost. So you're saying basically, you know, that you spent a lot of time there talking about goaltending. I'm just calling up the standings here right now. And uh, yeah, the order's fourth. They're still holding on to a playoff spot for now. But what about that secondary scoring thing? Colton Sievers, the only one that scored against the Leafs the other night. You can't rely on the big two every night. I mean, I get there. There's plenty of blame to go around, basically, Jason, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, obviously, the, the bottom six scoring hasn't been very good at all. Let's call a spade a spade here they got way too many guys underperforming but then you know you throw in kyler yamamoto you throw in ryan nugent hopkins his five on five score it's just simply not when you're playing with the league's top scores you got to produce more like like hey i get the bottom six guys there's no question they have to produce more and they got to limit more they're getting crushed but when you look at yamamoto in basically the last 70 games he's been he's been beside leon dry or mcdavid sometimes both and he's got nine goals, five on five. It's not nine goals total. It's not good enough. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The one thing that I admire about you and all the Edmonton media is you kick over every bloody rock, man, on your show. Because I listen. It's great. And I just think at the 9-1 and one start, the best in franchise history, what were they doing back then? Clearly, they were healthy. They were scoring. 
is which team is the Edmonton Oilers? That or this or somewhere in between? Uh, I'd say, I think it's I'd say neither. I think they're right in the middle. Obviously, they they weren't that dominant. You know, their power play and their penalty kill was unreal early on. They they were getting some big time scoring from teams that had a lot of confidence early. Um, then, then injuries did hit, and you know, but hey, injuries hit every team. But when you lose three of your top four defensemen. Uh, you know, and three of them were out at one time in Keith and Nurse and Cece. That's obviously going to impact your team, no question. Now they're all back, so that excuse goes out the window. And uh, they were all back against Toronto, and they still allowed five goals. So the whole team's got to be better. Right now, Rod, like, you know what? Uh, I, I used a joke on, uh, on my show about, like, the orders right now, if they had 500 bucks, they couldn't score at a brothel. Like, they are struggling mightily <laughs> offensively. Well... And Columbus is in there tonight, a better team than I thought that they would be. How big is tonight's game, man? What's the buzz in the City of Champions well, about tonight's game? Yeah, it's, it's a big game. Like, hey, you know what? Team in, in 2017, when the Orders made the playoffs, they did lose five in a row in November after a really good start, right? So, and got back, to, and that dropped them back to 500. And then they kind of played 500, and then they got hot. So, a six-game losing streak won't kill you if you figure out a way to end it. And that's why, like, all of a sudden it becomes seven. Then they're on the road. Maybe it's eight. Like, you got to win tonight against the Columbus team who's only won two of their last nine games. It's not like the Blue Jackets are a juggernaut by any stretch. they got a really good goaltender, Ms. Lurkins, and they got some decent players. But this is a game that Edmonton just, you got to figure out how to win. And more importantly, they got to figure out how to score first, Rod. Like, you, there's 21 teams now in the NHL that have scored first in at least half of their games. The Orders have scored first in nine of 26 27 games so 33 percent. it's not good enough now and then funny enough they're the only team in the league who's undefeated when they score first so figure it out guys like i'm not a rocket science here but i can scientist but i can figure it out scoring first is a huge advantage in the nhl it has been for decades in the last five years rod there's only five teams basically one a year who's able to have a points percentage above 500 when they give up the first goal it's pretty obvious you got to score first in the NHL if you want to have success. Yeah, well, to dig deeper into that, if you don't mind, and ours is a hockey-loving audience, I think they know the game as well as you and I. Like, what is that a sign of? To me, it's a sign that they're not ready to go, which to me is, you would point to coaching. But I've said for years, the top three coaches in the NHL to me were Mike Babcock, Joel Quenville, and Dave Tippett. Only one remains. Dave Tippett. So I think you have the best coach in the NHL. I do. So how do you not be ready to go if you're the Edmonton Oilers? Well, see, I'm not a big believer that it's on the coach. Like, these are professional athletes. What, what's a coach going to do? Does he have to go in, like, you know, in movie scenes, you know, remember the Titans? Or what, are we going to have Al Pacino coming out here on any given Sunday and having some rip-roaring speech every game? The Dave Tippett, like, these guys are professional athletes. And and the thing was, last year, they scored first pretty well the year before. So in Tippett's first two years, they were actually ninth best in the NHL in scoring first. So to me, I think this is a funk. It's in their, it's in their head a little bit. Like, Leon Dreisaitl on Tuesday, he missed a wide open net night, not a little bit, but it was wide open. Campbell wasn't even close and the league's leading scorer missed it. Now, if he scores there, I think that game could go very different because it would just relax their team. So I think that like if I'm Columbus tonight, man, I'm doing everything I can to score first because a team that's lost six in a row, Rod, you've covered sports long enough, you know, it, it gets in your head. And now they're thinking about, oh my God, here we go again. So I think if the orders can score first, they're going to be able to exhale a little bit and probably play better. And it forces other teams to have to open up a bit. And when you open up against the orders, that's when McDavid and Drysell will kill you. Oh, big game tonight. Wonderful visit and update, Gregor. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, my friend. And uh, we can do it again soon.
Hey, Rod, Merry Christmas. And by the way, happy birthday. How Thank you, pal. That? I appreciate it. <laughs> Jason Greger uh, joining us from the City of Champions. We're going to take a time out and come back with viewer takeover for Taco Time. Thank you, uh, Gregor, for that, by the way, for your assist on that one that we banged into the net. And on the way, Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Flames in Hour 2. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. It is taco time, viewer takeover time. And uh, before we get to those comments, so we got some gooders. A sports update, Marie-Philippe Poulain was the hero after she scored the OT winner in Canada's 2-1 win in women's hockey over the United States Wednesday night in the fifth game of the rivalry series. Poulain also scored a power play goal in the second period to stake Canada to its first lead before American Hillary Knight tied the score. Ah, we're getting into the Canada-U.S. thing. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of fun over the Christmas holidays with the world juniors because when it comes to hockey, these countries really don't like each other. The NHL is bringing back enhanced COVID-19 protocols that include daily testing and restrictions in a bid to limit a surging outbreak that has affected 140 players. The enhanced protocols will be put into effect immediately and last through January 7th. The move came yesterday after Ontario health officials reduced capacity at the home arenas of the Maple Leafs, Senators, and Raptors to 50%. Urban Meyer's tumultuous NFL tenure has ended just 13 games in, including just two wins. The Jacksonville Jaguars fired him early this morning. Owner Shad Khan made the move hours after ex-Jags player Josh Lambeau told a Florida newspaper that Meyer kicked him during practice in August. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. And book your group or business Christmas party now. And for the Tab Brewhouse and Drive Through Liquor Store, as well as Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Uh, to the text line, to the 902 line. Let me just hit refresh because there are a lot coming in. Yeah, there's a lot coming in here. Ray is watching in Scarborough, Ontario. He says, Hi, Rod. I have to admit I'm a little down today with the news. Ontario is back to 50% capacity. I get it that fan safety is most important, but I thought we were turning the corner on this. For selfish reasons, I hope the leagues don't take a pause. That would be very depressing. Better days ahead, says Ray. Ray, I wish I had something to add, but I don't. Are we all in it together? I guess we are. We are here. So tune in for at least two hours a day. We'll try and take your mind off this stuff. I, I, I don't get it either. And to, um, again, the Panthers home tonight to the LA Kings. They'll be thirteen to 14,000 at the game. There was 14,000 the other night here for Ottawa. Don't need a proof of vaccination to get in. Don't need a mask. I don't get it. 85,000 will be at the Dolphins and Jets on Sunday. 85,000 will be at the Capitol One Orange Bowl New Year's Eve. No proof of vaccination required. I don't get it. Jim Korchinski, I don't know what's gotten in him today. He's watching in Cabo San Lucas. We got Game Plus down there? He says the Argos won't have to worry about 50% capacity next year. Uh-huh. What's that supposed to mean, Jim? I don't, I don't get it. Brian watching in Withrow, Alberta, says head coach is not successful at the next level. Hugh Campbell, five-time Grey Cup champion. No championship in the NFL. Talking about Urban Meyer being fired 13 games into his first NFL job after winning three natties, two with Florida and one with OSU. Who are some other coaches that had that happen? And he says Hugh Campbell. 
That's tough, though, right? Really tough. I'm interested to get the moose in next hour to talk a little bit more about that because uh, maybe in Houston, Hugh Campbell didn't have the players. How about that? How about that? There's something, there's something to that. The Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL, talent-wise. Last minute, last minute of play in hour one. From Jim Wagner, he says, uh, best of birthday blessings to you, Rod. Hope you have as much fun as you give us daily. Uh, so far off to a great start. Thank you, Jim. Very nice of you to say. Got a new haircut place. How about, how about that? How about I don't that? know her name, but she said to me today, you're mine now. She put all this fancy stuff in my hair too. I said, I might have to hire you to do my hair every day. I can't remember how to do all this. Uh, Mike in Toronto watching in the 905. He says, there is no flu season in Florida. Canada is chasing its tail around in a cardboard box. Sad. We'll get to more of your comments and we'll put a smile on your face after this break when the Moose rejoins us and Ryan Leslie too here on Game Plus and YouTube. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.